Merry Christmas, everyone. And Merry Christmas to all of you watching online from wherever you are. May God richly, richly bless you. So these two young boys were spending the night at their grandparents' house the week before Christmas. And at bedtime, the brothers knelt beside their beds to say their prayers when the younger brother began praying in a really loud voice. God, I want a new bicycle. I want a PS4. I want a new baseball glove. And the older brother elbowed him and said, why are you shouting your prayers? God is not deaf. And the little brother said, yeah, but grandma is. <laughs> I don't know about the grandma, but the elder brother was right. God's not deaf. And Christmas celebrates the moment that God heard the greatest prayer of humanity. And we're going to talk about that answered prayer in just a moment. But first, let's pray, and then we'll look at it. And gracious Lord, you have gathered us together. Some have traveled far. Many carry burdens. And some are afraid. For some, the years are taking their toll. For others, this last year has been difficult. We all come, Lord, before you. Because we believe in you, we thank you, and we love you. But most of all, we just need you. You're welcome here. And we bless you. In the name of Jesus, and all the church said, I love listening to babies cry in a Christmas Eve service. <laughs> and, and here's why. Here's why. Because when they do, I think Jesus used to sound like that. So cry away, babies. You're part of the sermon. Some mom didn't want me to say that. I'm becoming a bit jaded about Christmas letters. You know, these end-of-the-year holiday summaries that families write and send out. And I don't know, some of these families, they just seem too perfect to me. <laughs> Hello, friends. It's been another splendid year in our household. My husband and I both received promotions and both received PhDs. I gave birth to twins one week and designed the new city library the next. Johnny made all-star teams in 10 different sports. Susie graduated summa super dupa. I made that up. <clears throat> we traveled around the world on a cruise, and in between vacations, we solved world hunger one person at a time. I'm thinking some of these letters are playing a little loose with the truth. The truth of the matter is, for most of us, an accurate, honest-to-goodness, brutally honest end-of-the-year holiday letter would include words like discouragement or setback or heartbreak or depression or divorce or death or debt. And if such phrases would find their way into your letter, well, 
you're in good company of a young girl whose life was far from perfect. She never wrote a letter, at least one that we don't have to read. But boy, was she ever acquainted with the difficulties of life. She was poor. She was marginalized. She was caught in the middle of a, of a scandal. She was a young girl from a small town in a tiny oppressed country, pregnant and unmarried, belly in her baby, but no ring on her finger. Was her life perfect? No. And if your life is less than perfect, then her story's the perfect one for you to ponder. We're going to look at it. It's in the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. Now, if you attend church here, you are expecting me to say, turn your attention to the screen where you're going to see the Scriptures. But this year, I suggested that we not do that. God bless you, little fella. Yeah, I know we all feel that way in church sometimes. The Scripture is in this handout that you received. And rather than put the Scripture on the screen, I thought it'd be good if we just had this to read. Some of you brought a Bible. If so, God bless you. Open it to Luke 1. If you didn't, that's okay. But I want you to have this thinking that you'll take it home with you. And sometime between now and bedtime, you'll read it again. And maybe sometime over the next day, you'll gather the family and say, let's read it again. And... This story will speak to you in an even more personal way. So I'm going to begin. We're just going to work our way down through it, beginning in verse 26. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin. She was engaged to marry a man named Joseph from the family of David. Her name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, the Lord has blessed you and is with you. The writer here is Luke. He's a physician, but boy, he sure seems trained in the skill of writing because in the first paragraph, he tells us the primary characters and piques our interest in this divine moment. The primary character? God. God is the one who sent Gabriel. We get the hint that he's been waiting on a time to send Gabriel into the world. Later on, one of the writers in the New Testament would say, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. So there was something about this moment that was ripe for the arrival of the Messiah. So the fullness of time had come. And so God turned to Gabriel and commissioned him, released him. Gabriel is one of hundreds of thousands of angels that surround our planet right now. The only person to ever glimpse into heaven and try to catch, count the angels is the apostle John. And in the book of Revelation, he says, well, there were 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000. I think that means there were too many to count. Angels are everywhere. And one of the lead angels is Gabriel. He's he's always a communicator, a messenger, and he is sent forth. So Christmas is that moment in which God is sending forth heaven into the earth. All the commercials tell you that Christmas is that moment about getting stuff in your stocking or food in your tummy or stuffing in your turkey. They're wrong. Christmas is about God downloading heaven into earth. 
And so Gabriel is released as an emissary to go to a town called what, church? You can answer this question. Nazareth. Nazareth. And Luke says Nazareth, a town in Galilee. He was not sent to Rome, not sent to Athens, not sent to Jerusalem. He's sent to a little podunk, one camel, one stoplight town called Nazareth that is so remote, so marginalized that Luke had to put this phrase on. Yeah, it, it, it's from the region of Galilee because he assumed that some of his readers had never heard of it. The angel bypassed the power centers of his day and went to tiny little Nazareth where he found a girl by the name of Mary, a virgin. She's described as Mary, the virgin. Likely a teenager, probably poor, because when she and Joseph later give a gift in the temple, they give the gift that the poor were invited to give. Wonder where we would find her counterpart today? If we were to find somebody who had the characteristics of Mary in our world, where would we find her? We'd have to go to a developing nation. We couldn't go to the United States, some remote place, and find a girl in a marginalized country, maybe in Central Africa or Central America, maybe in a grass hut or a meager house. Already the story begins to take on this beautiful picture that when God wanted to intervene and interact with the world, he found, he found them, he went all the way to the bottom of the pecking order of society and found this girl. If the story stopped there, we would have enough to touch our hearts, but oh, Luke is just getting warmed up. Verse 29, Mary was very startled by what the angel said and wondered what this greeting might mean. The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. God has shown you his grace. Listen, you'll become pregnant and give birth to a son and you'll name him Jesus and he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord will give him the throne of King David, his ancestor, and he will rule over the people of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. Does it surprise you that Mary was surprised? Not me. I imagine she would have been startled. And so the angel said what the angel was often saying to people, don't be afraid. And he set out with an announcement that literally became a hinge point in history enough to turn B.C. into A.D. He began talking about this baby who was going to be born, this son by the name of Jesus, and you're going to name him Jesus because the name Jesus in Hebrew means the Lord is salvation, and this Jesus is all about salvation. <laughs> salvation from fear, salvation from sin, salvation from meaninglessness, salvation from despair. And Gabriel adds, with I think a twinkle in his eye and a smile on his face, he said, and he's going to be great. Great. Great enough to clear his throat and demons will run away. Great enough to speak one word and the waves and the storm will cease. Great enough to call sick people to health. Great enough to call dead people out of the grave. He's going to be great. By the way, don't we need a great king? 
man, we've got some great problems, some great questions. We need somebody who has great divine muscles. It's going to be great. Well, if Mary's head is spinning, who could fault her? The angel showed up in the middle of her world and told her that she was going to be <laughs> the mother of a great king and, and a coming kingdom. And of all people, she had been chosen. I imagine she had 101 questions in her mind, but this one came to the surface and she asked it. She said, how will this happen? Since I am a virgin... Mary knew about the birds and the bees. She knew about babies, and she knew that she was a virgin, and she thought, is this not a problem? We've come to answer the question for her. No, that's part of the solution. Because, you see, the virgin birth declares the wonder of Jesus, human enough to enter and exit a womb, yet divine enough to be placed there by God, human and divine, born yet of a virgin. Were he only human, we would applaud him, but would we worship him? Were he only divine, we might stand in awe, but would we draw near to him? But since he is both human and divine, then he's a king who's mighty enough to save us, yet near enough to hear us. Unlike that grandma, our God is not deaf. But how might this happen? Oh, you're going to love the answer. Do you know how this story ends, by the way? I assume you do. The angel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will cover you. For this reason, the baby will be holy and will be called the Son of God. Now, Mary, your relative, is also pregnant with a son who, though she is very old, everyone thought she could not have a baby, but she has been pregnant for six months. God can do anything. Mary said, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me as you say. And then the angel went away. Mary never described what happened next. If she did describe it to Luke, he didn't write it down. Maybe the words were too holy or no words would do justice for this moment that the Holy Spirit would overshadow Mary. In my mind, I see a mist, a cloud coming over her, a mystical presence of divinity. And God becomes the size of a freckle and is placed within the womb of this Jewish teenager on the outskirts of a marginalized country. And the word became flesh. He became a baby. When we all get to heaven, I've got a few questions for Mary. Don't you? I'm going to say, Mary, when you were pregnant with God. Did you ever pat your tummy and look at the stars and say, you made all those? I'm going to say, Mary, when you were pregnant with God, did you ever offer your prayers and think he's listening to them? When you were pregnant with God and you heard someone read from the Torah 
did you ever sense a movement of the author of the Torah within you? Oh, how this moment conjures up questions. It's such an amazing moment. This is the story of Christmas. Yet, as amazing as this story is, can I add one more stanza to it that makes it even more so? And that is this. Her story is your story. Her story is intended to be your story. Mary is not just a picture of what happened then. Mary is a picture of what happens still. Whenever any person anywhere on the earth is willing to say what Mary said, I belong to you, God. Let it be unto me as you say. Because at that moment, God takes up residence within his people. He enters us in the form of his Holy Spirit. And we become a very temple, a presence, a person who incubates the presence of God. We are pregnant with Christ and he grows and he grows and he grows and he grows until we third trimester heavy cannot but do anything except deliver him into the world through the words that we say, through the kindness of our eyes, through the deeds of our hand, through the thoughts of our mind. He transforms us into his people. Do you know what God is up to? He is recruiting for himself a people with whom he will populate the next era of history, the new kingdom. And he is saying to the whole world, I can do for you what I did for Mary. I'm just waiting for you to say to me what Mary said. Because millions of people have refused this offer. I do not want you to be one of them. God's goal is to place himself inside of you. Yes, he wants to take you to heaven, but even more, he wants to put heaven inside of you. The Apostle Paul once wrote, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And then he wrote that the goal of God is that Christ be formed in you, Galatians 4, 19. That Christ be formed in you. Ah, maybe your Christmas letter's not perfect. And maybe your situation is difficult. That's okay. Mary's... Christmas letter wouldn't have been perfect either but she was willing and that's all God wants is a willing heart will he find one in you I pray so Lord we thank you we thank you we thank you for this message it's such a challenge. Everybody keeps stealing the Christmas message and turning it into the giving of presents instead of the sharing of the presence of God. But Lord, tonight we claim this message, this story, and we receive the promise that it brings. Christ in us. Lord, do you have anyone here today that you'd like to invite to receive this message? If so, may you prompt them through your Holy Spirit. And do you have any here today who need to be reminded that you love them, that you care about them, that you've not forgotten about them? If so, speak to them. 
And do you have anyone here you just need to call home? If so, may they hear you. We bless you now, Lord, and offer this prayer in the name of Christ. And all the church said, Amen.